it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, and Graham for the touchdown. Graham shoots it high on the right for three. Yeah. This is the Buckeye Show. All right. Happy Wednesday, Buckeye fans. Hope you're doing well today. Middle of the week, Rutgers week, Rutger week. You know, I, I've just really been trying to decide if I continue to do the S no S thing or if I just let Beam have that. And that could just that can be that can be one of Morning Juice's things. And I'll just let that one go, let that fade away into the mist, and they can have that. Still fun to watch, though. Still fun to see if if Rutger Rutgers could ever you know fully attain that S. If you must know, the old joke was. They're so bad. We goofed up one day because, you know, Beam and I, we would goof up when we used to do the show together. I mean, it might even happen like 37 times during a show. Who the hell even knows how we got these jobs? Like, we've misspeak so many times. Just, you know. And here in Ohio, there's the long-running joke where we like to put the S on the end of everything that doesn't have an S. We're going to, we're going to Myers. We're going to Kroger's. You know, we're going we're gonna to go to Olive Gardens. Any, anything that doesn't have an S on, you got to put the S on. So it just became this funny thing where he accidentally said Rutger. It's like, no, dude, that, that actually has an S. That's Rutgers. There's an S there. So said, well, maybe. Don't forget St. John's Arena, right? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Thank you, Bodie. It's good to see you. St. John's Arena is the worst one of all time. It's just, I mean... It's such an iconic venue. You still have the skull session in there, the wooden flip back seats. I'm I'm sickened that we stopped doing Buckeye basketball games here and there at St. John Arena. We're not asking to send the whole season to that building, but I thought we had gotten into a mode and we had those Friday night games when the Michigan game was at home the next day. That kind of pumped you up. Get into the venue the night before you're going to have a skull session in that very same place. I think it was a Cleveland State game. We played a couple of Ohio teams in that building in consecutive years. And the first time they did it, it was just a brilliant environment just for one game. Like, can't we keep doing it? But they seem to have done away with that. Anyway, yeah, that that's an example. Throwing the S on it when you just can't. That's sacrilege. And just just Google it up. Look it up. Swear to God, there's no S. It, it's maybe one of the bigger mistakes that Buckeye fans make. Putting an ass on St. John's Arena. See, I just, I just did it. That's the incorrect way. So Rutger, they got to get to six wins before they earn that S and can be called their actual name again. That was the long-running joke. This is the week. They only have to win three more games. Only have to win three more games to do it. We know they're not going to be winning their fourth game this week. It's just when Vegas makes a, a spread, 40 and a half points. And Ohio State's covered the last two weeks. Not only have they been winning these games, but they've been an offensive machine that's just like a runaway train in a good way. C.J. Stroud, he's already up above 1,200 yards passing. I mean, every every single metric, every single way that you look at this, this guy's the best quarterback in the country right now, and it's not even close. He's got over a 207 rating. He's only got one interception. He's got 16 touchdown passes. He's averaging almost 11 yards per play, 1,222 yards passing, 71% is his completion percentage. And I believe, Bodhi, we looked at this earlier this week, CJ's lifetime completion percentage is up over 71. 71.6, where 
My math teacher told me if that was above 0.5, you round up. So we can just go and call that a nice even 72%. That is legendary type stuff. It's legendary type stuff. And you have to say this too when mentioning how well CJ Stroud and the rest of the offense is performing. The offensive line maybe shaky a little bit at times in that Notre Dame game while the whole offense was figuring out how to tick when Jackson Smith and Jigba went out with injury. They have just been brilliant. They have kept him clean. The pocket has been nice. And when it hasn't been, C.J. Stroud has been savvy enough to move away from the pressure and he can throw on the run. He throws beautifully on the run. I can't remember the last time I have seen a quarterback drift like that and still put the ball on the money, especially when he's going towards the sideline and throwing to a receiver that's heading towards the sideline to give us a little toe drag swag. He is brilliant at that, but I mean that's what won, won the Notre Dame game, right? Take that, it from somebody who half of those third downs was like, "Oh, we got him," and then it was just like, "Oh no, first down." And to just take it from somebody who was rooting for the other side, it was a backbreaker every time. There was good film in that Notre Dame game, no doubt. When he started hitting Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka later in the third and fourth quarter to get the sticks moving, hit some big throws when he was having to get outside the pocket, but in uh, in the ensuing couple of games, Arkansas State and Toledo, especially. I think it was the Toledo game, right? It had to be where they put up the 77 points where it was just, it was a display. I mean, and you don't even need to get two feet in, but I do find it cool. I find it pretty awesome when these receivers are starting to do that anyway. I think that's just natural, right? Because these guys, they're not stopping here at Ohio state. It's a smart, it's a smart business decision. Not only is it, an extra easier catch to review if something goes to replay. Because if, I mean, if you got to worry about only getting one foot down, if you're going to put two down, there, there, there's nothing to even look at. You can look at it for five seconds and then move on. Said, yep, feet, not, not just one foot, two feet, firm possession of the football, move it along. We laughed here doing post game for that one because Julian Fleming was the one guy in a bunch of great sideline catches that were being thrown out there was only able to get the one foot down on that crazy throw where Julian said, where I'm I'm sorry, CJ said he was actually trying to throw it to Marvin Harrison jr. Who was in the back corner of the end zone. But with the way the ball was placed, Julian made the right call. Like he was able to get it at eye level, reached up, made the catch, had one foot firmly down. Good enough, right? It's it's a college. We're playing college football here. I get it. You only need one feet. But it's very, very slick to see these wide receivers who are so talented in basically foregone conclusions that they will be NFL dudes. It's just where are you going to get drafted? How much better are you going to get here at Ohio State? What's it going to look like next year? When we transition in quarterbacks, when it's not C.J. Stroud, when it's likely Kyle McCord, possibly Devin Brown if he beats him out. All things that I get curious about, that I look look ahead to and wonder how it's going to be. But, you know, I, I did want to go and play something from Ryan Day's press conference just the other day because I, I have to keep going back to this. And I know I share with a lot of you Buckeye fans in just being in awe and enamored with this offensive performance. They're already up to third in the country. They had a 21-point game. A 21-point game, and we're only four games into the season. And then somehow they managed to get their scoring offense up to 49 points per game. 49 points per game. I honestly didn't see a... 
77-point outburst on the schedule. Not after they they played in Arkansas State, and if anything, I thought they were going to quickly move on from Notre Dame, smack them around. They, they did, right? But it was 45 points. It wasn't 52. It wasn't 59. It was 45 points. And then to go from that to 77 against Toledo, that fixes the numbers, and then all of a sudden you're third in the country. Shockingly, the two teams that are above them are kind of ironic. you got your defensive coordinator from one of these schools. Their offense is so good right now. Oklahoma State is averaging 49.7. And then, number one, yeah, it's those guys. It's that team up north. They do have a really good offense. We know that. Is it that good? Not so sure. We know that the non-conference was an embarrassing non-conference. Honestly, Michigan played an embarrassing non-conference schedule. At least Ohio State went out there. Say what you're going to say about Notre Dame and what they wind up being this season. I don't think you can fault Ohio State to do that. When you set up these games, they had been under the Brian Kelly regime. They had gotten back to a certain level of success. We know they weren't a college football championship contender for the likes of Alabama's or Clemson's or Georgia's now. They'd made it to the college football playoff, and then they pretty much got run, but they've been a 10-win team. They've been a 10-win team for a decade now. So it's not the Buckeyes' fault that you schedule Notre Dame, and then they fall off a little bit. I know you're going to do what you're going to do to try to analyze the schedule. You have to do that, but you can't blame them for scheduling week like Michigan clearly did this year. It's, it's, a, it's a weird move. It really is, because you set this up way in advance, and you're so deep into your... Tenure there, I know Harbaugh tried to take a look at the NFL, but again, you don't know any of that when you're setting these schedules. It's almost like what you might see occasionally in college basketball where they don't schedule as far out, and you might know that you're going to have some transition, or you're a certain program, right? Certain programs schedule a certain way. Like if I'm a... I guess what am I trying to what am I trying to think of? Bodie, who you would know, be like... A, like Kansas scheduled Duke this year, right? Yes. Because it's like, it's Kansas. They're not going to go schedule Alabama because we all know how that's going to go. They're going to try to schedule some teams so they can try to get some wins. I would actually, I would actually point to Rutgers right here since that's the flavor of the week. A school like Rutgers, I would think, and you look at their non-conference this year, I don't have the whole thing in front of me, but they played some weaker opponents, right? And then they had Temple, which is a nice little regional matchup for them. Temple's had a program that's been up and down. They've had some really good spikes with some of their coaches in the last 10 or 15 years. Rutgers has to get the program back, right? You've got to build the program, get it back on track, so it would serve you well to consciously think about scheduling weaker so you can win all of your non-conference games and then make that turn to conference play and hopefully find a way to win a few just to get to six wins, get to bowl eligibility. That's the best recipe. And then maybe... Once you start handling your business, winning over some recruits, you can make that turn and go and get a series with West Virginia, right? And then you might get to have that game at home when it's at the SHI. <laughs> That's literally the name of their stadium. Saskatchewan, right? SHI <laughs> Stadium. Don't don't finish that. Don't finish the spelling of that <laughs> word. Stop right there at SHI. That's kind of funny. That that's Rutgers Stadium. Then you might want to get you know a, a, a game like that at home at night when you've got some success, you're feeling some confidence, you win that one, maybe put on a show, sell out the crowd, and then, you know, at best still, I think Rutgers could be a team that you know gets maybe to eight and nine wins every now and then. Greg Schiano might be the guy that can do that for them, but clearly they're still a ways off, and, and you're facing a buzzsaw with this Ohio State offense, and they, they've done it, they've done it all without 
All without Jackson Smith and Jigba. I said I'd play some Ryan Day thoughts from uh, the press conference this week about that on that subject. I still will. I will do that coming up here next. I'm also going to bring in my buddy from 10TV, our sports anchor friend, Dave Holmes. You see him doing sports casts all the time and from wall-to-wall sports on Saturdays and Sundays. His thoughts on some of these guys being out for the Buckeyes and what they continue to do. They're a third of the way through the regular season. 4-0, looking to be 5-0. and We'll say what up, Holmes, to Dave Holmes. Next, it's the Buckeye Show on the fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. A man so professional, he wears a suit to a radio interview. He's 10TV's Dave Holmes. Timmy Hall, my friend Dave, popping in the studio here. Tyvis isn't here tonight because we're handing it off to the CBJ. A little CBJ shorty here at uh, 645, their pregame coverage. They've got the Buffalo Sabres tonight at Nationwide Arena. Exciting little season on hand, but Dave, talking Buckeyes here, it's good to see you. You're kind of in between the wrestling t-shirt and the suit look. He's wearing a solid colored, is that a, a sweater or a long sleeve tee? It's it's trying to be both at the yeah. same time. I think sweater's the classification, but I'm more comfortable telling people I'm wearing a long sleeve tee. Well, it looks fun. You know, you Thank could you. be classy or you could be ready to party yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Or just sit here at work all night until midnight. Oh, what, I'll, what you know, a beautiful I'll life. That. I'll choose that instead. What yeah. a beautiful life. But you know what? I was just, I just left off. I wanted to play this with where this Ohio State offense is because I know you got big thoughts on how these guys are almost averaging 50 points per game mm-hmm. in just three games since they were only able to manage three touchdowns in yep. an opening season win against Notre Dame. But this was Ryan Day's thoughts. David, oh, you were there, but for folks that might not have heard this, Day on what's next for Jackson Smith and Jigba in his recovery because a lot of people are wanting to see this guy on the field. But just remember, it's Rutgers week. and It could be a chance to rest him again to get ready for what's to come after that. Here was Day. I just think that it's a long season. And like like you're mentioning, I don't, I don't think we want to uh, move forward until you know we all feel really good about everything. But again, Jackson's you know still has a, a mindset of day to day, and you know we're not going to put any kind of timetable on it. And just you know he and the training staff are going to work hard. You know I know he's frustrated. You know we're not as far away as we think. And if he just has the mindset of showing up every day and getting as much treatment as he can and taking care of his body, uh, this will be behind us soon, and we still got a lot of football to play. Dave, I know we don't have a crystal ball, and if he wakes up on you know Thursday, Friday, even Saturday morning, he is feeling as good as he's ever felt. And if you're feeling as good as you've ever felt, and you're 100%, you should probably go f- play the football game. But from the sound of that, doesn't seem like it's worth the risk for a week like this coming up. You know, it's interesting because when you hear it's a long season, we got to be careful about it. I go right back to the Toledo Rockets. And I think if it's a long season and you need to be careful about it, I'm surprised he was out there against Toledo. And they tried to, you know, dip his toe in the water. It didn't work. I don't know if that was a setback or what. But I'm kind of surprised he played at all. Now, here's the question, Tim, and and this is, you know, we're going to mix it up on the radio. We're going to give you some ratings here. You ready for this? Well, that's why you're here, man. Let's, let's get let's get hot. I, I, that's why we let's, did the segment. All right. So if you're in your car right now, let's let's get hot take on you. Do you think there's a chance that Jackson Smith and Jigba never plays for the Buckeyes again? Is that in the realm of possibility? I... This is the first time I've even thought of that. So that, I, that's I have why to I'm say here. that's pretty scorching right it's there. It's pretty scorching. Now, have you honestly been thinking about that? Because yes. you're not a hot take kind of guy. I'm not a hot take guy. I the, the night it happened against Notre Dame, I said to someone in the press box, 
is this the last time we ever see Jackson Smith and Jigman? Now, it wasn't. I think he wants to play because he loves football and all these guys want to play. Even the guy, guess what? Here's a, here's a news flash for the folks who hate on the guys who sit out the Rose Bowl. Even the guys who sit out the Rose Bowl, they wanted to play. They had everyone holding them, physically holding them down to keep them from playing, right? You think Chris Olave didn't want to play in the Rose Bowl? You think Garrett Wilson didn't want, of course they wanted to play. But they had enough people in their ear, and they made a decision that was they thought was a pure smart. business decision. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I, even today, there was probably a time where I was more of that rah-rah, play with your teammates, yes. be with your guys. But it's so much money, and it's the next thing. It's, it's the very next thing in your life. The second zeros are on that clock. Yeah. And zeros are on that check. But of course, we're not there with Jackson Smith and Jake, but okay. we got a whole season to get there. He might want to think about putting out some more good film so he proves to the guys at the next level that it wasn't just a flash in the pan one year I thing. Agree. I agree. I think this is different than a Jamar Chase situation in that Jackson Smith and Jake, has not shown he's the guy yet. He showed at the Rose Bowl. I mean, my goodness, in record fashion. But I'm saying he had a full season to be the guy defensive scheme and worry about. And I think that's important. Now, I want to be clear about this. I do not think he's going to sit out the whole year and go to the draft. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll say this to answer your question. How do you handle it? The longer it goes, Tim, the more concerned I get about that. Because when you get to week 8, 9, 10, well, now we're only sitting out three or four more games. What's the big deal? I do think it would help a lot for Ohio State to stay undefeated. I think there's a monumental difference between sitting out you know, the Gator Bowl. Now, that's never going to happen to Ohio State. Between sitting out a typical bowl game and a championship game, I think that changes everything. Remember with, with Bosa, we saw that a little bit, kind of this... We were wondering, would he come back for a championship game as opposed to a bowl game? So I think it would help the Buckeyes to stay relevant. But that's my concern about Jackson Smith and Jigba is I am sure there are people in his life who are telling him, dude, worry about the future, right? Yeah, there could be. You're right. But this... Am, am I upsetting all, you? Am no, I right now? No, I mean, because, I mean, honestly, all the NIL money that you could yeah. get, it's not, it's going to pale in comparison to what's going to be there if he's the first wide receiver yes. off the board. Yes. That's so the thing. My hope is and, that he... And Nick, you brought up Nick Bosa. Yeah. That was maybe like halfway through the season. Yes. Right? Yes. When he decided to shut it down. Yeah. And everybody played nice. Yeah. Urban played nice. They all played nice. Because the Bosa family had given so much and it was, you know... Probably the way to go to, to go about it. Yeah. Smart way to do business. So you're not blasting one of your own players so, who's given a lot. And he was hurt. It, it's not like he just gave up on the season. He had to get injured. And then he made a choice. I it, don't think we're there yet. No, no we're not are we there. there yet with Jackson. And if you, we hear more. And if you ask me percentage odds that I think he's done, I'd say 3 to 5%. I think it's a small window right now. So I'm not sounding the alarm here. I think he most likely comes back. My point is, though, you don't do it against Rutgers. Right, like if I think I'm with you. You don't do it now, so I because you bring up Toledo. Exactly, and he wasn't really used in that game. He, was, he had 23 snaps, and it looks like there was a setback. Because exactly, of it. they they have. I don't have they used the word setback. I've not heard that word because I think that's an admittance of maybe we shouldn't have played. Them. I think we've heard other people. Yes, imply tweak. Tweak. That great word. Tweak. That's a key word oh, right there. Oh, who doesn't love a good tweak? Of like, a... I tweaked my neck playing yes. ping pong today. Yes. So, I I think that you don't play him against Rutgers. I think you honestly wait a couple weeks until, you know, let's get him 100% for Penn State. Because the sad part is for Jackson, the Blitnikoff, all that's out the window now. He's missed too many games. And it, it is. It's unfortunate it is because he very well might be the best receiver in college football, but he doesn't get to prove it over a statistical season. So for Jackson, 
There are two things to worry about now. The, the Heisman's done. The Blitnikoff's done. Two things to worry about. National championship and zeros on your paycheck one year from now. So I hope that he gets a chance to get very rich and come back and play for a championship. Both things can be true depending on how late into the season we get with an injury mm-hmm. and what he if he ha- actually is faced up with a difficult decision like that. But yeah. people at the next level would absolutely want and feel good about you returning to a season and showing that kind of toughness because this is a... You know, Ryan Day even told us he's not doing well. Well, you know, yeah, like he's this is this he, is tough for him. I fully understand that because the season you just rolled off of, you you had plans, yes. right? You had big plans for what this two year punch was going to look like. Yes, possibly leaving here, he, one of the more undisputed best receivers in yes, program history. He wanted to play as a freshman. Then he got his chance behind Olave and Wilson. He earned his way in and became the guy. And this is his year to be the guy. So I really hope he comes back and has a chance to be the man for at least four to six meaningful weeks. And again, I think last year, if the Buckeyes were in the championship game, I will guarantee you we would have seen Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson play. No question in my mind. So I think if the Buckeyes can stay relevant, I think it's nearly impossible for players to sit out a game against Michigan at 11-0, and a Big Ten title game, a playoff. You can't sit that out if you're able to play. So I think that's the Buckeyes' job now. Stay relevant, stay hot, let this guy heal, don't burn him against Rutgers, and get him back, and I'd love to see him on the field. There's an obvious good checkpoint coming up where you go on the road to play a very surprisingly mediocre Michigan State yeah. team. $95 million doesn't buy what it used yeah, to. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then you got the bye week. Yes. That and looks, then you have, I, I, I don't quite remember. Off there's the top one of my more head. week before is, Penn State. Is it one more week before Penn State? Yes. You have Indiana in there. What's Iowa the next game? Home, Iowa. Uh, that's right. 22nd. Yes. Iowa at home and then on the road to Penn State. So that's like a good checkpoint to see if he's healed up by then. Yeah. See where we go from there. Yeah. Don't risk it. I really want to see all these guys. I want to see all four on the field at once because I think it's not too crazy to say the four best receivers in the Big Ten all play on the same team. I don't think that's a crazy take. What you should have done, Dave Holmes, 10 TV, to be full on talking head debate TV sports guy yeah. is yell at Jackson and tell him he has to sit out the season <laughs> that, or else that, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Don't be stupid. Yeah, that Sit w- out the season. That would be the Steve, That's the only thing you can the do. The Stephen A. Yeah. Take, you'd be condescending. You're an idiot if you, you play. And you gotta be condescending. Yeah. Listen to me, young man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Think about your future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, come back. That was, that was me being possessed yes, by ja- a TV sports debate talking Jackson, head. Jackson, get healthy. Me. Get healthy, get a ring, and get paid. Do all of them, my man. Do love all of it. it. Well, Dave, that's the segment. Hey, that was I love it. it. That's the show. That's the show. <laughs> that's the show. It's That'll done. Be an episode. Yeah. It's done now. All right. We'll see you next week, buddy. Good stuff. Yeah, coming up, we do have time to hit some of our tags. And, hey, I'd, I'd like to call this a sliver of motivation for C.J. Stroud based on something I saw today, as if he needs it, but I'll, I'll give it anyway. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on The Fan. The fan is live and local with morning juice, caffeinate, and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Hello Garage of Columbus. Goodbye mess. Hello new garage. Timmy Hall back here with you. Hope you guys are having a fine little Wednesday. A CBJ Shorty. Jackets coverage coming up here in about 10 minutes on the fan. So I'm looking at at Ohio State M Golf. Obviously, you know I'm a big golf guy. Wore the uh, the St. Andrews quarter zip today. 
just, uh, just to feel good about it. That's all. Just to wish I was still back there. But uh, this one said, uh, had the little alarm emojis, all caps, school record. So sound the alarm, school record here. Always cool. We've had this guy on the program before. This guy is a stick. I do think he's got a tour future. It's just a matter of how good is he going to get, you know, the, de- what the development's going to be like, how rapid is it. We've got guys like Ryan Armour. There's some dudes that just take a little bit longer to get to that peak ability. It's different for every guy, but Maxwell Moldovan is a, I mean, he is a true stellar player. Guy had a good little run at the USAM. He's playing in all the big stuff. The guy qualified for United States Open. It's just incredible. It said with two more rounds in the 60s this week, Maxwell Moldovan now owns the record for most rounds in the 60s in school history with 28. Over 40% of his career rounds have been in the 60s. Hashtag this guy is good. Hashtag go Bucks. Had a top five finish. He's also just starting his junior season. <laughs> That's the thing. Just starting his junior season. I would like to know how many rounds Jack Nicholas played at Ohio State. Probably weren't as many events back then. I do think he left early even back then. That was crazy for somebody to do that, but greatest golfer of all time. That's how it's going to go. So uh, congrats to Maxwell and all the success. Yeah, another top five as uh, the team finished seventh at Inverness. Great course to play at. That's pretty great stuff. So I I did mention this in uh, the pre-show tweet, and I, I do think this is kind of fun what's going on back to the Ohio State offense when we talk about you know what they're putting up, a little battle within the game. Games within the game, guys can push each other to try to be the best that they can be. We know these dudes love each other. They're, they're great teammates, good friends. It's kind of crazy how close Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson have been so far this season. And Travion, you know, we know he didn't get as much run in that Toledo game. He got nicked and was out for most of it after he scored that touchdown. And Mayan Williams in this last game did all the work early. Travion Henderson got most of the work late, but yet you had two guys over 100 yards, both of their numbers right up at the top. 50 carries for 318 for Travion, three touchdowns, 43 carries for 308, three touchdowns for Mayan. He's got a 7.2 average. Travion's got a 6.4 average. They're both great. We talked to Tony Alford on our postgame show on Saturday, me and Beam, and I... I asked him straight up, is this a situation right now where you think you have two starting running backs? This was his response. I do. And that's exactly how I look at it. Um, and, and I think they would both tell you the same thing. And they're very different. You know, they, they present different things to a defense. Um, Mayan is so violent. I mean, he is a violent, violent runner. You know, Trey obviously can run violent as well. I think he's got more breakaway speed and things like that. Home run hitter stuff, if you will. But they both bring something different. Um, but they also both bring some very, very similar things. Like I said, they're violent players. They both do a great job of blocking in the pass protection. And, and, um, and knock on wood, they've both done a great job as far as taking care of the football. And, and uh, all those guys will do whatever is necessary to, to, to help the football team win. So I'm very proud of them. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. And I, I can't even tell you how big of a fan I am of mine, Williams. And I almost think it's at a point now where he might deserve to be the first guy out there to take that first series. And it's nothing against Travion. I mean, Travion is really, really good. But Mayan, I think, with his running style... He's just relentless. I kind of think he's earning it. It's like slight edges I'm talking about. Slight edges. A couple things to do before we're out of here for the Jackets. Thing that I teased uh, about CJ Stroud in just a second. But first, of course, we're brought to you by our good friends at Moomoo Express Car Wash, home of the Unlimited Wash Club, and by Care Source. Tiny piece of bulletin board material for him. Like he, like he needs it. And I might be manufacturing a little bit, but I saw this today, and it just got me thinking about the draft and where CJ slots in. And it said, quote, I think he will be the first overall pick 
how Will Levis is thriving at Kentucky and what's next. This was on ESPN.com and Bodie, uh, I don't know how much you know of him you've paid attention to, but it is a cool story. Cool college football story. Backup quarterback at Penn State. Now he's on a top 10 Kentucky team, a basketball blue blood. They're rolling along in one of the most difficult football conferences. But you do have to understand where this is coming from. It's his own offensive coordinator that used to be an NFL guy with the Niners that saw him when he was still with San Francisco, thought very highly of him. Now he's the OC, and he just swears. He swears he's got the physical tools. He says he's as talented as anyone I've evaluated in the last five years. Loves the guy, but of course, he's not C.J. Stroud's coach. If you look at a big board, Mel Kuyper still has C.J. Stroud as the number two player overall taken. But he does have Levis as the number four overall player taken. Two behind C.J. Stroud. Pretty amazing jump. From from Will right now. Pretty good. Who's in that uh, three slot? Is that Bryce Young or another? I, no, because uh, Will's the second quarterback. Oh, he, he, okay, yep. so well, that at least has to be a change, right? I would imagine heading into this season, pretty much everybody was either one or two. Stroud, uh, Young, or vice versa, yeah. I would guess. It's it's clearly, you know, use that again. You know, like, like I would say Mayan and Travion Henderson can play off each other and have kind of that, that race, that battle within the game, despite being teammates. C.J. Stroud doesn't need to waste a whole lot of time with this stuff because that guy's in such a zone, as we talked about yesterday. He's just, he is honed in on his craft and everything that he's doing. But Will Levis, that's an incredible rise to where he has gotten. Yeah, I think there's still a pretty darn big gap between what C.J. Stroud has been doing for the last year and what Will still has to prove. But I, I do agree. like He's a good-looking player, obviously a good-looking player. But C.J., use that however you want to use that. Well, that's... That's it for us today. Everybody have a good one. We will be back tomorrow. Tyvis will be here. Check out our show podcast. Did a nice little conversation with Tyvis there that you'll enjoy. Jack, it's up next on The Fan. Uh, in case you've forgotten, Saturday is game day. The Fan's game day coverage is sponsored by Rikert Kia. Your home of the Buckeyes, The Fan. We're hiring at Raising Canes with pay starting at $15 per hour. At Canes, not only will you get a paycheck, you'll also get career training, be recognized, rewarded, and have fun on your path to success. Applying is easy. Text RC Jobs to 97211.